Pero hoy dice así. Welcome to Sugar Beat Podcast Miami. It's Millinator Millie. Um, once again, I don't really, I guess it's an episode. I don't want to call it an episode. It's just like me saying my thoughts out loud. Um, <laughs> now we're on, what day is it? It's June 7th. Um... Now it's about to be almost two weeks of like protesting everywhere, and pretty much from what I, um you know what I've seen here in Miami, they've been protesting every day, which I think is beautiful, and um I hope to to be able to join again sometime soon. Um, you know, life gets in the way, but life finds a way, right? Jurassic Park. Um, there were a few things I kind of wanted to, like, talk about today just because of, (laughs) 
the questions not even the questions the comments and like the whatever i've been getting personally what i've been seeing what people have been saying and i just want to like put some stuff out there as always y'all know me i don't hold back um and so like i also have many questions like how dare you (laughs) um like (laughs) mostly how dare you like white people being mad about black people being mad is interesting to me personally because i'm just like so you're mad at us for being mad at you for like the like the the hundreds of years of like racism for like the system that you've built in place to keep people down in a legal manner i don't understand it's so crazy to me it's wild that shit's wild to me so um that's my question that's like my one question no i have another question my other question for people of faith whatever faith you you subscribe to is like how does this line up how how does excusing police brutality and yeah how does that and other things excusing other things align with your faith and how you're supposed to act if you could please let me know i would love to know the answer to that to any from anybody from any faith whatever you you believe in you know um and then another question i guess is how do you sleep in (laughs) knowing that you're like arguing with people online over and telling people that they don't that you know like police brutality isn't real or that it's like a one-time thing whatever anyways so i put together a list of questions that i think we all need to ask ourselves um because like i mentioned last week when we're talking about race systemic um you know racism systemic oppression it's heavy emotional work and so i know sometimes like the the for for white people what they want to do is reach out to a black person they know right like to their one black friend that they're always talking about and ask them questions ask us questions and it's like that's tiring bro because then imagine if you're the one black friend for many people many people are reaching out to you like whenever things like this happen and it's like uh, like one thing i think you know non-black people including latino people need to understand is that this is like heavy emotional work you know um for us to discuss this because it's like not only are you kind of like summing up the history but like you're kind of trying to sum up your feelings and like the feelings that other people have had and it's a lot and so i think you know before like some people have been on this journey for many years you know i think every black person included goes on this journey 
you know, and basically, you know, you awaken. That's where woke comes from. Because then, like, you start peeling off, you know, the scales from your eyes and you start seeing stuff for what it is. And it's a journey, you know. Um, It's a process. Like, no one learns anything overnight. And it's like, think about it this way. Some people, you know... Like I like I think it's awesome that there's people who who really want to educate themselves and you know, like there's so many different ways that you can do that, like through um different, you know, mediums or whatever. Um, you know, documentaries, through books, through articles, through, you know, talking to people. And so it's like for people who are new to the movement, it's like, okay, you've learned all of this stuff, right? You're learning. Imagine having like begun this process many years ago and you keep learning, you keep understanding it. And it's a lot of information and it's overwhelming. Um, so I put together these like list of questions that I think is important for everyone to ask themselves at any point in your journey. Like these are things that I still ask myself, right? Because the way that I thought at 18 is not the way I think now at 28, you know, you learn things like definitely my point of view. Um, I, I think for the most part at its core has stayed the same, but I've definitely like grown in, in, um, my perspective of all of this. Um, so these questions include, when did racism end? You know, for you, when did, when can you say racism ended? Um, and I'll be happy to answer these questions out loud because I don't mind, you know what I mean? Um, but for me, racism has never ended. It's just changed. It's evolved into a different thing. Um, what does racism look like? to you to me racism looks like a system that was created on purpose um i mean it's broader than that too but the reason i think that that's like a question that people need to ask themselves is because for a lot of people racism is Oh, you were walking and they called you the N-word. And then you're like, things like that. Like very, like, you know, uh, pointed incidences. Um, Yes, too. Like that's racism, obviously, as well. But that's not the only form of racism. Um, Racism, to me, and I think I'm going to discuss this a little bit later on. Is like different comments, what you know, we call like microaggressions, like things that people don't like want to recognize are racist, but are like totally racist. You know, the comments about, you know, your skin tone, your skin color, where you're from, whatever, whatever, that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it has it has taken on different forms. Um, do you understand the effects of trauma? I think that's a big one because tra- like people who have been traumatized, this is a fact, right? P- 
people who have been traumatized are prone to be re-traumatized. Um, and so the whole thing with trauma is that it can create a vicious cycle. And, you know, if you guys want to read about trauma in general and then apply it, you know, into this context, a really good book is called um, The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a really like, I forgot the guy's name, but I was on the training with him the other day. He's so good. Um, The author, he is amazing. And the way that he writes is very, um, Bessel van der Kolk is the author the way that he explains trauma and breaks down like the physiology the physiological effects of trauma and like the history of how we have studied trauma and and all of those things is so amazing and it's really comprehensive like if you ever want to read a book you know dealing with like psychology and stuff that's a really good one to read because um, it's very informative and it just like really breaks it down. So, you know, um, trauma affects brain development. Um, it can affect brain development depending on, you know, on the age. It can affect, it can have like physical, like I said, like physical um, effects, like literally, you know, your gut. Um, there's a reason why they call it like listen to your gut. Um, as we know, Fight, fight, flight, or freeze is a thing when it comes to trauma. It can affect your memory. Um, it, and, it, and it manifests in different ways, right? And so um, understanding the effects of trauma and then understanding like coping mechanisms, um, both adaptive and maladaptive, are very important for this conversation. Um, what stereotypes do you think are true? This one is a little bit hard for me <laughs> because um, it's really hard to get over stereotypes, right? Um, and there's different ones, right? Like, you know, black people are aggressive. Black people are a threat. Um, what's another stereotype? Latinas are crazy. Uh, Asian people are good at math like or that asian people are bad drivers um that latinos are crazy in general too basically that latinos are aggressive as well um or like you know the over sexualization of like black and like latina women as well and so those stereotypes and then we meet people who sometimes fulfill those stereotypes right or reinforce those stereotypes but they're just that you know they're stereotypes and they are things that um the media and when i say the media i'm not talking about just the news like the arts sometimes reinforce those stereotypes and so it's like we have to like break that mold and like think outside of the box um why do you think they're true whatever because you've experienced it and then what is privilege that's the big one that is the huge whopper there because peep i think that when people hear the word privilege 
they see it as, oh, well, I don't think I'm better than you. And it's like, that's not what I asked you. <laughs> I didn't ask you if you, if I, if I, I didn't ask you if you think you're better than me. I'm asking you, do you think you have privilege? And you know, um, at its core, privilege is just things that are an advantage. You know, whether you worked for that or not, whether that was something that you were born with or not, it's a natural advantage for you, right? Um, You know, I'm literally going to do the whole, I need to reach, you know, three pages for this paper for college and insert the definition of privilege. It's literally you know, a special right, advantage, or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. So what happens with privilege is that many times people don't recognize at first that they have privilege, that they have an advantage. Um, And then when it comes to white privilege... People, like I said, like white people like to be like, I don't have white privilege. Yes, you do. There are certain things that are inherent to living as a white person that are not inherent to living as a black person. And there are certain things that are inherent to living as a black person that are not inherent to living as a white person, right? Um, for example, right? People travel freely in this country. Like, if you decide, I want to go to wherever, wherever, I want to go visit the Grand Canyon, get in your car and drive if you want to, or fly. You don't have to worry about certain things. But, for instance, when um, I used to go on trips, like or not used to, still. Basically, every time I leave the city of Miami, my mom is like, oh my God, be careful. Why do I need to be careful? Because I'm a black person. And especially if I'm traveling alone, my mom gets very worried because it's like, oh no, what if something happens, you know, in a place that might have more white people than black people. Um, you know, the first time that I went to Mississippi, I was scared out of my mind when maybe as a white person, you don't even think about it twice. Like, yeah, whatever, we're going to Mississippi. I was scared because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to like small towns in Mississippi. Like, what am I going to find? Like, how are they going to treat me? You know what I mean? Um, Another thing, I mean, when it comes to police interactions, you know, white privilege is basically giving cops the benefit of the doubt. I think I said it last week, but to me, all cops are racist until proven otherwise. Does that mean that I'm an asshole to cops? No. (laughs) Does that mean that I, like, that... Yeah, let's leave it as I'm not an asshole to cops, but definitely I'm super weary of them, and I have every reason to be. You know what I mean? Um, So, and another example of privilege, and um, it's not even necessarily white privilege. It's like the privilege of having status or money. Um, Trina, earlier this week, made some comments 
and basically was saying that she wouldn't, she's not worried about being pulled over, pulled over by the police because she has her license and registration. Privilege, girl. Like, check your privilege, girl. That's not the point of, the, like, the all these protests. You know what I mean? Like, but it's because Trina has now gotten to a point where she has enough money. You know what I mean? Where she can throw her weight around a little bit here in Miami. Like, I mean, she's not that popular. But she could throw her weight around a little bit. And whatever, resolve some things quicker than people who don't have money. You know what I mean? Um, I know a privilege for me that had nothing to do with... That had nothing to do with anything I did for myself, right? Was that I was able, or my parents were able to buy a home here in Kendall, you know, a middle-class neighborhood, and I was able to go to a pretty decent school. You know, that's, and, and that is a privilege. Um, so, you know, different things. Privilege looks differently for a lot of different people different people um you know like I said the big thing I think is like white privilege is not having to worry about your interaction with the cops um I know for me whenever I go somewhere where there's like a majority of white people or rather I'm usually the one black person everywhere I go like here at least in Kendall or in a job or whatever so um you know, it's kind of like, how am I being perceived? It, like, you feel like you have to be, like, a little bit muted or, like, filter yourself because you don't want to, like, you know, um, have any misperceptions. Whatever. So these are things to consider for yourself. Like, what's your privilege? You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, so, like, another privilege is, you know, if you are a white person, generally... Like, if you're a white person and your family has been okay, not even with money, like, just middle class, and they were home, and let's say your grandparents were homeowners, and then your grandparents passed down their house to their kids, and then they passed it down to you, that's a privilege. Does that mean you need to feel guilty about that? No, but recognize that, like, you have an advantage, you know what I mean? Um, And so, those were just those are just some things that like came to my mind the other day that I kind of wanted to put out there. And I really encourage you guys to really like do some introspection. I think that journaling and writing it out helps, you know, like you don't need like, I mean, I think it's easy for people to discuss it with other people, but like do it by yourself. Just like really think about it, write it out and just like consider what all of this means for you and, you know, for other people. Um, so, th- you know, those were things I was thinking about this week. And I'm like, I hope people consider this. Um, but also, you know, people believe what they want to believe and see what they want to see. Um, for everyone out there who is, like, advocating, whether you're black or white, I, you know what I mean? I would say invest in yourself, right? Educate yourself and invest in people that are worth it. Like, you do not have to answer questions to every single person who asks them. That is one thing. Like, if you feel like you need a break from all of this, take this. 
take it honestly this week i got off facebook because i was like i stayed on instagram but i got off facebook because i was like you know what i need a break like it like it was just like sensory overload or or yeah overload for me so i just needed to take a break um and just not receive the negativity that i have been um i think also and that decision to take that break came after two like a couple of different people who came at me for some shit i said about cubans which i still stand by so which i'll discuss further um which i stand by so whatever for sharing my experience basically is what they were mad at and um a few other people you know like wanted to go back and forth on like the protesting i'm like you know what honestly i don't care (laughs) like on one hand i'm like damn like it makes me so angry that people really have gone out of their way to like disenfranchise black people and to misrepresent the movement but then at the same time like i said the conclusion i came to was i don't care it doesn't matter what people think like you have to go with your convictions and you know um you know empathy is another big thing when it comes to these issues and I think when you have your convictions and you pair that with your empathy, it moves you to action. And um, so it's like, you know, everyone's just got to do what they got to do pretty much. You know, F the other side and whatever they want to say or think. Like, you just do you, boo-boo, and, like, we'll keep this movement going. And so that brings me to what I really wanted to, the main thing I wanted to kind of like get off my chest. Um, I think here in Miami, we need to talk about how racism manifests down here. And I just have so many comments. (laughs) much to say for everybody out here okay everybody gonna get it um because let's be honest the majority of the miami population is latino like so you know like white people are the minority i or i don't know if they're the minority but like i don't know if there's more black people than white people either way they're the minority to what to hispanic people that's for sure So, the way that, like, the way that that racism has come about down here is very different than what it looks like in the rest of the country. And, you know, like, Miami is so unique in that. You know what I mean? Um, And so, it's just very interesting to think about um how 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 we connect ourselves to what's happening in the rest of the country right the one thing is you don't have to go through it or know someone who went through police brutality or through racism to empathize so let's start there um you know what i mean so down here as we know 
we're majority Latino. Majority white Latinos. And within that demographic of Latinos, the majority is Cuban. Me, personally, me, personally, I have had more issues of racism with Cubans than anything. Does that mean that it was only Cuban people? No, but 99% of the situations I've had have been Cuban people. Because literally, I like, or at least like people that I know, right? So like, because literally the other people were one Peruvian, one Mexican, one Puerto Rican. Everybody else was Cuban. Does that mean that I'm saying that all Cubans are racist? No, I'm saying most of the majority of the racist encounters I've had down here have been from Cubans is what I'm saying. Let me repeat that again. Let me say it louder for those in the back. Does that mean all Cubans are racist? No. It means all of the situations I have personally gone through have been at the hands of Cuban people. And I know many other people who will agree, who say the same thing. They're like, yeah, man, I, not only have I had people direct stuff at me I've had people say stuff to me and think that like I'm gonna agree and I'm the type of person no I'll be so respectful because that's me you know what I mean but I will respect respectfully be like you're wrong and that's pretty racist um and I'll educate people I'll start throwing that education to people um Like, and so, look, the thing that people got on my case about was because I posted the thing about, oh, which, you know what, let me read it back here, because I still think, like, I stand by it. Let me read it again. Miami has entered the chat, okay? Let me, hold on, guys, I'm pulling it up, it's loading. Okay, because I posted the whole, what the girl posted, I reposted, let's say. Miami is full of the most complacent-ass Latinos. White Latinos, especially white wealthy Cubans, have built a superiority complex and do not give a fuck about what happens to other minorities in this country. They think they're the exception. Then another person reposted that with, with adding another layer to it like oh i hate those latinos in miami who stop at nothing to defend the system that also oppresses them outside of the bubble of south florida you're also a target and we should be standing with our black brothers and sisters wow hot take so people got on my case about that and i don't care (laughs) i'm gonna say what i have to say it's true Once again, does this mean all Cubans are like this? No, the same way that all cops aren't bad cops. But like I said, racist until proven otherwise. Because that is the experience that I've had my whole life living down here in Miami, okay? And let me tell you, even when I moved to Fort Myers, which is more white people, much less Cubans, but still a good amount of Cubans, Still, the foolishness I got was from Cuban people, okay? So, 
that pretty much sums up how I feel about it when it comes to Cuban racists, right? And then, so I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it like that, to Cuban racists, not to Cuban people, to Cuban racists. They're, and I'm talking about racists against black people, racists against other Latinos, like it, like it says, the superiority complex, because there's a lot of Cubans who think that they're the only ones who deserve to come to this country and build a better life. Like, it is so crazy. Like, they're, like... <sighs> And it's whatever. And I've gotten into this conversation with plenty of people because of my line of work. And I sit here and I I start talking about trauma and I'll be like, look, da, 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 da. And I backed up with like the information that I have, that I've learned, that I've studied throughout the years. And I'm like, look, about immigration specifically. And people still love arguing with me. And then they start thinking that I'm going to be on their side. And I'm like, nah, bruh, you on your own. Like, it's really sad to see, especially the older generations of Cubans, the ones that came, you know, in the 60s, like, that have come established themselves and then turned around and like like because I had someone complaining to me about um how people were racist against Cubans when Cubans first got here okay so shouldn't you understand what it means to be discriminated against so shouldn't you not be a part of that like it's so fucking ridiculous like oh my god it's frustrating to think about anyways and so what's the whole deal down here with Miami is that the majority is the majority Cubans. So you have a lot of people in power. Most people, I would say, in power here are Cubans. Most people, I would say, based on percentages alone, who are cops down here are Cubans. And because so down here, what I hear a lot is, well, you know, it's not a it's not a race problem. It's a police problem because I've definitely gotten my ass beat by Cuban cops and I'm Cuban. Okay, don't you think that's a problem like this? This is like those type of people are tend to be the people who already have that superiority complex. And then now they have a little bit of power because they're a cop. That's a big issue. And that needs to be talked about down here. But nobody want to talk about that because then, you know, oh, no, because my sister and my brother and my my fulanita's brother-in-law is a cop and I don't want to say anything bad. No. Once again, I'm going to come back to good cops need to stand up and stop bad cops from doing bad shit. That's what it comes down to. And so, yeah, we need to talk about like the Cuban thing, because if then if then if those if those are the people who tend to be in power and mind you, there's a lot of powerful like social um, organizations that are led by Cubans as well. So it, like that's why I'm like it, when people take it as, oh, you're being racist against Cubans. No, I'm just talking about the majority of the people. Like, I'm talking about the majority. And I'm calling out the toxic culture and the toxic ideas that some people in the majority pass down to their kids. And now I got to work with their kids. You know what I mean? And so, man, it gets me. Ooh, gets me mad. 
Anyways, so yeah, whatever. If you think I'm racist, that's your problem at that point. But I'm talking about a real issue that I've dealt with really on a, on a personal and on a professional level. And I'm tired of it, okay? Because there are other people from other countries who live here too, who have worked just as hard and maybe harder than you to make it in this country, and just because they're not Cuban doesn't mean that they don't deserve to have their voices heard, okay? Okay? And it's crazy because Cubans are so racist against their own people, against black Cubans, because they're just, whatever. Like, there are some Cubans, let me say. Some Cubans are so racist against black people, and they have, like, so much, like, and there's, I like, I've met a lot of darker and black Cubans who have like so much self-loathing because of that and it's really sad to see like yo it is ingrained and let me tell you like I said people say stupid stuff to me people have said stupid stuff to my mom and then (laughs) like the funny thing is that because mi aspecto my look is not that of a black Hispanic person what do you mean There are some people that you see are black and you're like, okay, but that's like a Dominican person, right? (laughs) For the most part. Like, you could tell. There's something about them that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's prob that person is probably a Dominican person. And they've never opened their mouth. Um, Haitians, I feel. You could tell when you see a hate. I know a Haitian when I see a Haitian. And apparently the Haitians know me because Haitians come up to me talking Creole all the time. And I'm like, what? How did you know? But for most people, right, for the Latino people, generally, they would say, no, you look American. So they usually don't, can't tell if I'm where I'm from or not even where I'm from. They think I'm an American black person. And so a lot of people be talking shit, thinking I don't know Spanish. And then I got to check them in Espanol. And I'll be like, you want me to check you in Creole too? I don't even care if I don't know Creole. I'll find something to say about you. And so, yeah, like I've had a lot of people say stupid shit to me, say stupid shit about me. Or what what happens a lot too is that once they find out that I'm Hispanic, then I'm part of the Latino club, the Latino Hispanic club. I'm part of the club. Oh, you speak Spanish? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, people treat me completely differently when they find out that I speak Spanish. It is, it's crazy and it's a little insulting because it's kind of like, oh, damn. So if I was just like an American person you wouldn't be this nice to me. Like, people go out of their way for me once they figure out that I speak Spanish. And I say that for people on the street, for people in the workplace. Disclaimer, if for some reason someone I'm working with now is listening to my podcast, on my current workplace, I love, because they've never treated me like that. They're so freaking awesome. But other places that I've worked, people... Oh, you speak Spanish? Oh my God! And then, but then they want to come and talk to me, talk shit about black people to me. Like I'm gonna agree. Like they'll be like, "Oh yeah," because da 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 da, right? And I'm like, "Uh, no." Like I said, I be checking people all the time, and I'll check them in a professional way. Like blah 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 blah. Anyways, 
I've had a few times where I've had to go to HR and say my shit. Yeah, I go, I go be talking shit. I'll be like, yeah, this is wrong. I'm going to let you know because if they say something else to me, something's going to happen. And I, if you guys don't handle it, I'm going to handle it. Anyways. Which brings me to... Okay, we have all of the... This is the power dynamic. This is like what we what I deal with in Miami. I know a lot of other white Latinos who are like, yeah, man, I can't deal with like, you know, the superiority complex. I know black Latinos who are like, yeah, I can't deal with their superiority complex for no reason and, for, and with this racism. So yeah, it needs to stop. Anyways, so much to say. It needs to stop. And like, I think for the most part, a lot of the other countries, like, I think when I was younger, there was a lot of nationalism and like the little bitter rivalries. I know um, when I was younger and I used to tell people I was Colombian, I used to have Cuban people get on my case because of the, the, the quote, Colombian-Cuban rivalry from the 80s. And it's like, first of all, I wasn't a drug dealer. You weren't a drug dealer in the 80s. So why do you care? Like, that's stupid. And also, don't get mad because people, Colombian people figured out how to make more money without dealing with the Cuban people and distributing coke. All right? That, whatever. That's your problem. So it's like putting aside those like little rivalries. And I think that as time goes on, that ha- that works itself out. Like people realize, wow, this is a silly thing to even be arguing about. And it's like, so I think Latinos for the most part, like we, Latinos, we tend to be pretty united on being Latino. But when it comes to the treatment of other people who are different, that's a problem. And so I think um, it's time to have that conversation because if we're going to really get anywhere, at least in the society that Miami has built, we need to talk about it. It's uncomfortable, but whatever. And like, it's up to you know, our generation to make some moves and educate our parents too. Like, you know, some, because some Latinos that come here, a lot of Latinos that come here, especially, like, the older they are, they're ignorant, they're literally ignorant to the struggle, to the American, like, to the struggle of, like, the black American, so it's, like, we have to, we, the people that know, we have to, like, educate our parents, um, and the same thing goes for Caribbean people, now, I'm going to talk to the Caribbean people here, right? Because, you know, I'm Haitian. Um, you know, my family's, you know, like, <laughs> my family's from Haiti. I'm Haitian. My family's from Haiti. <laughs> um, and one thing I've heard a lot, not only within my own family, not only within my own home, and not only within Haitian people, but other Caribbean people, is this attitude of, well, we're not like them. 
we're not like black Americans. And there's always wanting to be that distinction. And of course, the islands tend to, you know, we have like these petty like differences with each other. For this time, for the purposes of this movement and like pushing things forward, we have to put all of that aside and recognize that as soon as we come here, like, yeah, in our islands, whatever. But as soon as we come here, like, we are part now. Like, we have to join in with the struggle of the Black American. Because at the end of the day, when a white man sees you, they don't know that you're Jamaican. They don't know that you're from Barbados. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know that you're from Dominica. They don't know you're from Haiti. They just see you as Black. So we all have the same struggle here regardless. You could be... And because, you know, a lot of the islands produce a lot of doctors, produce a lot of, you know, high corporate people, produce a lot of lawyers and scientists and stuff like that. But it's like we still so sometimes, you know, there's that um, part of it, too, that class part. But it's like we have to put all of that aside and join together and respect black culture and respect, you know, black history here in America, because at the end of the day, you know, Africans, if African Americans of like the the generations that came before us, paved the way, civil rights for us. This allowed for people like our parents to come here and to be successful and to move forward and help their families. So yeah, I think that um, we need to put that aside and be respectful. And honestly, for me. I call out my parents on their stuff when they say stuff like that. Challenge your parents. It's not that you have to be disrespectful. Like, that's the thing. You know, I know I talk a lot of shit here, but definitely, like, if I'm dealing with people one-on-one, I try to be a little bit more measured, and I try to be respectful, but especially with our parents and our elders and our family members, like, be respectful, but educate them, man, and, like, challenge them. Because, you know, our parents, I think, put those those things in our head, like, because that's what, like, American society put in their head, that, like, black equals bad. And then they're like, okay, black, they say that black equals bad. I'm black, but I'm not from here. So they must be talking about the black people here. So, okay, like, the black people here are bad. No, like, that's wrong. And we need to, like, call out our parents on that kind of speech and language because it's wrong one it's what the white man wants you to think two and three at the end of the day we're all in this together so that's my message for my caribbean people um and also because i know like that with particularly haitian people and black people there was a huge issue because of the shit that went down in the 80s. In the 80s, when Haitians started coming here in bigger populations, right? There was a lot of discrimination because also the white man was reinforcing, you know, these stereotypes about Haitians. And so there was a lot of discrimination of black people towards Haitians. And so what did Haitians do? Haitians discriminated right back eventually. And and then, you know, the, the, the gangs and stuff. And so 
and created gangs to like defend themselves. Now, and it's interesting to think about, I think, because for the most part, I want to say that that has, those problems have kind of subsided in the matter of what it took a generation, pretty much one generation to cycle out those problems because everyone started mixing pretty much. Are there still like little like stings here and there? Yeah, but and so it's like we need to continue working on that. But let me tell you, my sister's generation, who my sister's not that much younger than me, but even her generation, they have been mixing more in general. So it helps ease the issues but we still have to like talk about them and get like you know what i mean and work through them so that we can like stand together and be strong as black people here in america and a side 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 tangent y'all love here in miami when they start playing no le pega la negra which is actually called la rebellion and like a lot of people I know for sure haven't listened to the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics. It is by a Colombian man. Yes, Joe Arroyo, Colombian Cartagenero para rematar. Okay. And it's about a slave rebellion. It's about the slave rising up against his master because his master was beating his woman. So, yeah, Cuban people who love playing that song to start off the party. Yeah, how, you know, or you know what? Let me not just say Cuban people. Everybody loves playing that song here in Miami. Yeah, listen to it, reflect, and be like, damn, man, that really sucks. Like, we need to recognize that all of us, right? Like, all the Latino people, we are a mix. Like, our contemporary culture is a mix of black slaves, enslaved indigenous people and the conquistador spanish people and that's why we are such a melting not even the melting pot we're what is it called the salad we're the salad we're all these different little parts that came together and created our individual cultures and it's crazy because it manifests in different ways in different countries so you know what i mean like we need to recognize that then as a side tangent, I want to, like, just say something to Dominicans, right? So, as a black Colombian um, from the coast of Colombia, Cartagena, right? I never really, nunca me pegué with, like, other Colombians because the majority of Colombians here tend to be from like Bogota, Medellin, and those places have a totally different cultural thing to it than the coast. The coast is like more Caribbean. And so it's funny because all throughout my life, I've always really identified with Dominicans because Dominicans were like, you know what I mean? Dominicans are, you know, one of the Caribbean hispanic people and but and i always felt like their culture has been so beautiful and like just like the way we identified a lot with each other i'm like wow okay because you know 
I would see, like, especially here in Miami, I would see more Dominicans, and, you know, they were also black, so we connected on that, and it was cool, and it was just like, yeah. And then I remember, like, so, like, one of my best friends in high school, you know, she was a Haitian girl, and then I made really good friends with some, like, other Dominicans, and then I always really liked, like, Dominican guys and whatever, and then it's funny because... Like, with our Dominican friends, we would be like, oh, yeah, you're my Hispaniola cousin. Yeah, Hispaniola, we share the island. Because that's the, because, you know, Haiti and um Dominican Republic share the island, which is called Hispaniola. And I was like, oh, yeah, Hispaniola. So me and these Dominican people, we were, oh, yeah, hips, Hispaniola buddies, Hispaniola cousins. And, like, we were, we got along so well. And I always really liked, like, like I said, Dominican culture. You know, like, the music. Like I said, the people, siempre super awesome, right? I never had any issues with any Dominicans. And then it's funny because then I get to college, right? And then when I, <laughs> I get to college and I was saying something about, one of my really good Dominican friends to to a Haitian friend that I had made in college. And she was like, you get along with Dominicans? And I was like, yeah. You know, because to me, it was like on the Hispanic tip, like, yeah. And she was just like, really? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you don't know what Dominicans did to Haitians? I'm like, no, no. And that's when I learned about Trujillo. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was in college. And I met I met my good friend like later on in college, like maybe like my junior year of college, right? So I could have been like twenty at that point. And I, and I was so horrified. Does that mean that I had like this like, um, like hate towards Dominicans? Absolutely not. But I'm like, damn, that's like really like messed up, you know, the genocide that you know, their president, Duhio, did against, like, the Haitian people. And there, and, and then I started learning about how there's, like, so many Dominicans who were mixed with Haitians and would deny their Haitian side to be more Dominican. And then, then I started talking to, like, some Dominicans about it, and they were like, oh, yeah, that was a big problem. And, and, and I've talked to, 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 you know, Dominicans throughout the years, and, there was a lot of Dominic. I didn't know until, you know, my 20s that there was a lot of Dominicans who dealt with like a lot of that self-hate. And it was because of like this campaign that this president did to basically, you know, wipe out black people um, to, to to Haitians specifically. And to um, like, there you know, there would be Haitians that would be like ashamed of speaking Creole and stuff like that. Like, Haitian-Dominicans who were ashamed of speaking Creole. Um, you know, he did things like trying to promote people, marrying lighter people so that it could create lighter kids. Um, in, like, the universities and stuff like that and, like, prominent um, companies, he would, like, try to bring in um, white people or, like, European people to flood in, like, these prominent positions to show that it was more white people and that it was better. Like, some real fucked up shit. And then, of course, like, the genocide. And then even now, there's still, like, some issues in Dominican Republic, like, with Haitians that live in the, in DR. And I was like, wow, that's really messed up. And then, um, 
I was reminded of this because I had a few people send me the po the post that Lu um Leonion Sweet um published on their Instagram, I think. And they were talking about that. And I've seen and I've seen a lot of Dominican people also, you know, like uh, like people that I know, like, you know, have talked about it. Like, yeah, man, this is like like and they're calling out other Dominicans like, hey, man, like you're black, too. Like, don't deny your blackness. And so I like and, you know, they're just talking about like self-love and like, you know, like just not um, subscribing to like these like crazy ideas that this guy was trying to push. So that is, you know, an honorable mention in this conversation as well, because um, of my personal experience and how interesting it was for me like how crazy it was for me to like learn about this and I hadn't like I had never experienced any type of racism from Dominican people in my life you know what I mean on the contrary like they made me feel they were the people who I most identified with like as far as like culture so it, that that was wild that was wild and then also I've met Dominican people in Colombia who were just like the best and a lot of Colombians end up going to, um, or not a lot of Colombians, but how can I say? We I had a lot of interactions with different Dominican people and different people from Colombia who went to DR, you know, for the baseball camps and stuff for the major leagues. So that was just like nutty to me. I was like, what? But this is why it's important to learn because then you understand like what's going on in the world and how people relate. Now I understand. Um, and then once you understand like why things are, then it's easier to bring about solutions, right? Then I'm just gonna end on this message to my generation. And maybe, you know, people slightly older than me. Um, but definitely, like, the millennials, if you will. Um, I think I spent this whole podcast, <laughs> every episode, talking about how Miami is super unique. And we are. And I think it's time for people in my generation to recognize like you know real recognize real like Miami culture it, it contemporary Miami culture is one that is based on black culture why do i say that the Chonga and Chico culture is very clearly based on black culture. And we know that, right? It's a very clear example of acculturation. It was a lot of Latino people who probably, what I can say is probably moved into areas where there were a lot of black people. And then people started mixing one, having kids, two, trading cultural information, right? And then um, created a whole new, like, subculture of, like, being a Chico, being a Chonga. I love it because, you know what I mean? Like, it's a part of me, too, you know what I mean? 
it's I would say it's a part of like the fabric of Miami that makes it so beautiful like we actually made our own culture down here you know and like because for a lot of people I think um and I know like this was the case for me growing up like yeah I'm black but I'm also Latina and then I struggled you know to find something that was in the middle right I know for a long time me growing up I like identified a lot with like the cholos and the and the cholas in the west because they had their own culture also of which was like the mixture of like black and latino right so I identified with that and then you know like I said as I've grown up like too with Dominican people you know and a lot of people that I knew that came from New York and stuff and they have like you know their Dominican culture up there and like the New York Ricans you know it like that was another way of like wow like mixing black and Latino culture right but it was still never really me like it still was different than what I was experiencing and then I think once I got with people who were definitely like the true Miami mix of like black and Latino, it was like, all right, now we're riding like <laughs> this is us. And that's beautiful to me. And I'm happy for that. But like it's time to recognize that it is like I said, this culture is largely based on black culture like we still it's like we took stuff from black culture and then like try to also keep our like latino roots to it right and it reminds me a lot of, of like cardi because if you listen to like a lot of like the old school you know like even like the super bass music and the miami bass music it would it, it did the same thing that cardi did and like really mixed like very old school Latino music with, you know, like, the base of hip-hop. You know what I mean? DJ Laz! That's what DJ Laz is! <laughs> you know what I mean? I know Power 96 growing up was, like, my, uh, you know, that was our music station because they played hip-hop. They played reggaeton. I remember they used to even sometimes play, like, bachata and stuff. And it was like, we were like the mix. That was when we were mixing, right? And it's like, we have to look at like our the fashion, the dancing, the way of speaking, like the way we carry ourselves is black culture. And now we know about cultural appropriation now, right? Like we have learned how messed up it is when... Um, culture vultures for the for lack of a better term take from a culture and don't even respect the people that it came from or or even know any of what they're doing you know what i mean like um another culture vulture in larger american conscious is elvis we all know elvis capitalized on black music made it white and became super famous and never even really like acknowledged where it came from we need to acknowledge that that is where like that our culture came from black culture 
And then there might be might be people like, oh no, well no, like chongas and chicos, that's more of like a reggaeton thing. Yeah, same thing with reggaeton. Um, reggaeton came from black people, and then um, whether you want to say whether you, um, you know, it could be discussed about whether reggaeton came from Panama or if it, it came from Puerto Rico. But either way, it came from the black population of both countries, right? And then what happened with reggaeton? is that then there were white artists that that commercialized and capitalized on that movement, on the popularity, and then proceeded to not recognize its Black ancestry and push out Black artists, which is really fucked up. But it's from, it, it sounds familiar to me because it's the same thing that people try to do here. It's the same thing that companies like artistic companies, like you and me, fashion companies, even um, try to do here. They try to steal a look, a sound, and then you know they still want to like talk shit about black people. I don't know. This is where I'm like my my thoughts are like jumbling together, and I have so much to say because it's like, for for example, right white girls that color their hair all kinds of colors or are cute and bold and wow fashionable but then black girls who have done the same thing for years were called ghetto you know what i mean like no um we see a lot also we've been seeing a lot more people who have been using filters that make them look darker or more black or whatever but then it's like hey so you love our features you love our asses you love our boobs you love our lips you love our music you love our fashion but you don't love us and so i think um at like my generation like you like we all need to look at that and recognize you know where this beautiful part of our culture comes from and respect it and stand up for it because at the end of the day you know rihanna said it pull up man if that's really like the culture that you're about and you really love the culture and then love the people love the people pull up and do your part Don't be a culture vulture, especially because we have such a beautiful culture. And so it's like our generation, like we need to realize like what like what we grew up with, realize that, yeah, it was a mix like and I'm gonna keep saying it was a mix of Latino and black. Right. And so we need to, like I said earlier, challenge the status quo of what is being preached and challenge, you know, challenge the narrative we need to challenge ourselves you know and do the right thing if that means challenging your parents challenge them if that means educating your friends educate them if you don't want to do any of that because you don't care about any of that then just don't stand in the way of other people that do. But we definitely have to be bold. The reason, like I said, that I bring this up is because 
you know, we can't just keep ignoring, ignoring, ignoring things, thinking that they will change. We have to talk about it. It's like when you have surgery and you have to continually, continuously cure your scars. Like you have to keep, you know, you have to keep cleaning them, even though it hurts, even though they're raw scars. You have to keep cleaning them, cleaning them, you know, dressing them so that it won't get affected so that it can heal properly. If you just cover up a scar, a wound without cleaning it first and just leave it there, it, an infection will grow and it'll get worse. And that's where we're at right now, in my opinion. And I think, um, you know, like I said earlier, like Miami, I think we tend to be very disconnected from these types of issues, like race issues that happen in the rest of the country because it looks so different and because it is so diverse down here. But that doesn't mean that we are without fault. That's why there's so many, like I am so inspired by the protests because Miami is super slow to protest. And even when we do protest, it's very minimal. But it's inspiring to see that people are pulling up for their friends and pulling up for their families because, you know, people, like I said, people mix pulling it for their friends, pulling it for their families. Um, you know, for as much bullshit I see on my timeline and on my Instagram and, and the, as much bullshit as I receive, honestly, I've also received so much love and so much support. Um, I've been trying to also, you know, through even in my anger, I've tried to be supportive of other people that I know too that are going through things. And so... So we have, like I said, it's like we have like such a different vibe going down, going on down here. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we get lost in like the Miami Beach version, right? Because that's what we love doing. Like at least me, right? Like we love going out. We like we're a party city. We love to go out. We love to celebrate life. We love to chill. We love to vibe. Like, we're not in... Like, it's like we're so disconnected from a lot of, like, real-life stuff. But we're at the point where real life has come to us, you know? Um, It's in our face, and we can't ignore it or disconnect from it anymore just because we've got a different thing going on down here. And maybe, you know, like with the corona thing, because there is nothing else to do, (laughs) because we can't escape, you know, like we don't have our usual escape of the club, of the bars, of the parties to kind of ignore the, 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 the things that we go through. Like we're facing the reality of it right now, which is there's a lot of things to contend with down here that don't look like the tra- like the more overt or traditional racism that we've seen before but it's racism nonetheless you know and at the end of the day um latino and black culture as different as it could be what we have in common is that our culture is based on resiliency and it's based on family and it's ba- it's based on family, resiliency, loyalty, okay? Like we place so much on this thing. 
like on these things like it's based on community you know i know so many like like i know so many latinos who who look out for each other of course like you know what i mean like if you meet like for instance if i meet like a colombian person i'm like oh yeah yeah like you know what i mean like mi compa like let's go i'm gonna hook you up and and it's like the same way i i'll hook you know i'll hook someone up i'll look some look out for someone of my same country like you know we i i think we end up doing the same thing for latinos all around and so it's like let's do that let's keep on with that part of it let's like look out for each other and then in looking out for other latinos let's look out for black people too you know because once again because of what they because of what black americans who have been here for generations have done we you know I was born here, but you know what I mean? Like, we, our people, our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents were able to come to this country and continue on that path and work towards success and be successful and help each other out. Like, we have a culture that is based on joy and based on looking for things to celebrate and unity despite the odds. And so, you know, for my Latinos, for my Miamians out there, like I said, we need to unite in this. And I really hope, and you know, not everyone is meant to go out there and protest, but I really hope like everyone is having those conversations. Like, you know, with our family and our friends because we need to unite together and, like, show the country how it's done, okay? All right? So pull up, guys.